Before podcast is back, another week with your host Brandon and Artie. Artie, how are we doing today? How's the week going? It's almost wonderful. Friday. It's wonderful weather on the West Coast. We're all good. I guess it's gonna be Friday when they hear this. So, but I'm glad to hear you're doing great. Um, yeah, it's been wonderful weather out here uh, since the last episode. I got my first shot. I have gotten. Uh, the rest of my family that is unvaccinated, they're shot, so we're going to be good to go. Coming soon. Nice. So, pretty excited. A little, little arm stiffness for the or soreness the next day, but that was it. So for those listening and waiting for our opinion on whether or not they should go and get vaccinated, definitely should. Um, it's not bad. Not bad at all. Um, well, we're going to get started this week revisiting a topic that we talked about last week with the A's offering... Uh, one Bitcoin for a suite. We had uh, one of our one of our longtime listeners and a, a familiar voice here on the pod call in and give us his thoughts. So I will play that for you now to see what he had to say. Hey guys, longtime uh, listener of the show here. I guess technically I'm a first time caller, even though uh, I I did used to to uh, co-host with you guys. Um, listen, I just gotta, you know, I was listening to the episode last week. I, I gotta disagree on this whole A's Bitcoin situation. Um, I think this is exactly what the A's need to be doing. Um, you talk about the Yankees. I mean, they, they don't really need to mess around with gimmicky stuff like this, uh, like Bitcoin, since they have like a whole waiting list of people willing to pay cold, hard cash for their suites. Uh, but the A's, I mean, they got to leap at, at this kind of opportunity to make a profit by getting in on some Bitcoin. Um, from a fan perspective, I totally get what you're saying. Um, you'd be, you'd be nuts to drop a a Bitcoin on a suite in the, whatever they're calling the Coliseum nowadays, um, to watch a team that's just going to trade away the players that you, you buy the Jersey of, and you know, you support from the time they get called up to the big leagues. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think for the A's, this is a great idea, even if they get, you know, one or two people to, to throw a Bitcoin their way. I mean, they're, they, if, if it does continue to rise, they're going to be able to actually make some profit off of that, you know, considering they struggle with attendance. So I'll take your comments off the air. Uh, thanks. Keep it up. Thanks, Zach, for, for calling in. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, first of all, Tone, all right, we know what it's called, the Coliseum. It's Ring Central, obviously. I don't know how you would not know what, <laughs> what our stadium was called. <laughs> Uh, I had to look it up. I, don't, I didn't know what it was called either. I'm just kidding. It's not O.co anymore. <laughs> oh man, it's <laughs> it's it's been so many things now. It's just it's just the Coliseum at this point. <laughs> but uh, I think he makes a valid point. I, I didn't think about it from the business standpoint. I, I'm blinded for my uh, from the A's with my distaste of how they've been run uh, throughout my lifetime. So I'll let you answer what you think. Is he right about the Yankees not needing it? Yeah, I mean, you know, the Yankees are a premier brand. I'm not saying the A's are not, but, you know, 26, 27 plus championships. And, you know, the A's have some, but for whatever reason, they don't have the same attendance. 
Uh, you know, it's, I think it's a great move, right? Free coverage, free press coverage. Everyone's talking about it. They get that instant coverage reminding people, hey, the season starts in two weeks, reminding them to get, get their tickets to the next games and that they will be having fans, right? Because they didn't have them at all last season. And it's a chance to make some money, right? Bitcoin is the future. I know we'll talk about that a little bit later, but Bitcoin's the future. That's fair. I'll, I'll give you that. I will say, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, the A's have the third most titles of any team. So it's the Yankees and then the Cardinals and then the A's. So they, they should have some more clout. Uh, obviously, the Yankees are one of the biggest brands in the world. Cardinals are a staple. They always seem to be good. The Red Sox are tied with nine. Um, and then you have the Giants and the and the Dodgers. So you would think they would have a, a better situation going on. But, I mean, I, I get Zach's point here and – you know, you gotta you gotta get people in any way that you can, and if they trick somebody into doing it, good for them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I guess if you have a Bitcoin to spare and you're willing to spend it on AECs and tickets, then I'm gonna go on a jump out on a limb here and say you probably have some discretionary income <laughs> that you could that you're willing to get rid of. So, hey, people have spent Bitcoin on far far worse. One guy spent ten thousand Bitcoin for Papa John's pizza. So. Yeah, this was when Bitcoin was first invented. So, you know, uh, again, it, maybe this is the, the jumping off point. Somebody has to try it. Um, and, you know, maybe they'll get enough people to help finance that new stadium so you don't get that, that price jump uh, when they uh, finally build and, and move into a new, new place. So, Yeah, and, and it's technically a deal, right? I think there's... Suites typically go for let's say sixty five thousand a season. Bitcoin's at fifty two right now, so you. you can, in theory, save yourself thirteen thousand dollars if you think yeah. Bitcoin's at its highest level. They're gonna have to figure out yeah how to cap it because if if the Bitcoin doubles, I feel like that's a that's a tough <laughs> tough break. But you know, got to reward people that are patient. But we'll see. Um, I guess April first was the cutoff, I believe. So. They got a couple more days, and uh, we'll see if it, they report anything. Um, but we, uh, we'll we stay with baseball. Last last week we mentioned that the NFL had announced a deal with Amazon for Thursday Night Football, and now Amazon is announcing that they're going to stream 21 Yankees games this season. Um, again, the Yankees are a, a premier brand, so this is definitely not a cheap deal, but you know, they're deciding to go ahead and say, let's do it. Um, what do you think about this for baseball, which obviously has so many games for their season and they have so much more that they can sell compared to, you know, even basketball and football. You know, this is potentially a big deal if they can include incorporate Amazon into a bigger naming rights deal. Uh, Amazon clearly is spending money right now after yeah, also locking I mean, up the Thursday night football deal. Amazon's trying to just beef up the, the prime offering, right? And, you know, the Thursday night football one is great, and that's a great national platform, but this really drives home and hits local. So, you know, if you live in Jersey, New York, or Connecticut, and I think even parts of Pennsylvania, you'll get access to these 21 games. And even if you are in those markets, it's still going to air on TV, right? So this is just another way, compelling way for them to attract people who are on the go and want to watch from their phones um on top of that they're actually going to have their x-ray free feature live 
throughout these broadcasts. So that's something that they've done through Thursday Night Football where they're pulling up some integrated stats. If you kind of look towards the future, you got to assume that there's going to be some sort of augmented reality potential or VR experience in, um, in the years to come. So, you know, it's just the start and it's really kind of looking towards the future of, of what they can build out. And if I'm a broadcaster, you know, I have to probably be a little bit concerned because, you know, unless you have your own mobile application, how are you going to compete with that, both on a national and local level? And on top of it, you know, Amazon just announced their Fanatics partnership. And guess what? They have the retail factor. So if I'm the Yankees, streaming on Amazon is great because if I see if somebody gets to see Aaron Judge hit a game winning walk off home run, well, they can go buy his jersey right from the same site instantly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um you know, I, I don't. Again, it, it doesn't uh, surprise me that Amazon is going to say, you know what, we're just going to go for the biggest brands and we're going to make it work. And the fact that they're doing all their broadcasts and and bringing in their own anchors and analysts and reporters and things like that and kind of doing everything in house, it gives you a, a different outlet to to watch these games. And I know for uh, my friends and I have talked about basketball when you watch on like the local broadcast rather than games broadcast on TNT and ESPN like a lot of the local guys are, are super into their own team their homers for sure and they're not necessarily great analysts of the game but you know if you're a casual fan you might not necessarily know any better so um, if Amazon's going to go towards a real analytic based um, broadcast and, and you can really inform fans about the game I think that's going to be super cool it's also going to push um, other brands to kind of catch up and, and do things similar to be able to create as as good of an experience that Amazon has the potential to do. So I'm, I'm interested as somebody that doesn't watch a ton of baseball games, it would be interesting to at least check out a couple of these to see uh, what they're doing. So uh, unfortunately I don't live in New York, so I might not have access to it right now, but I'm sure that there's a way to get into it. But you go to New York yeah. pretty often, so you you have to let me know. Yeah, we'll do. I mean, if if I'm not, if I'm on the West Coast, I'm watching on MLB TV. Thanks to T-Mobile's uh, free offer, greatest offer in sports. T-Mobile Tuesdays. All right. Um, so last week we also talked about the NFL and their media rights that went over a hundred billion dollars. The NBA is now looking to get around seventy-five billion for their multi-year media rights deal that is going to be upcoming. Um, this would go between Turner Sports and ESPN, um, and would be fifty-one billion dollars more than their current deal. Um, so they're looking to do quite a big jump, and I think if they're able to secure that, that that's going to be a good look for them um, in terms of what the future of their league is looking like and how if it's going to ever be possible for them to catch the NFL and, and viewership and um, and how popular they are, uh, specifically in the U.S. So, um, again, it'll be interesting to see if you see an Amazon or a Netflix jump in, but I think that it's going to be important for them to find an outlet to do that just to be able to keep up because if you let the NFL get into that space and you're not competing there, then you're going to be in. It's going to be another long decade of, of playing catch-up, so... It's going to be interesting uh, to see what they can come up with. Adam Silver has kind of been uh, someone who's willing to push push the league forward, so I don't see why they wouldn't be at least competitive in that space. Yeah, you know, and I think if you look at their last deal, right, so their their last media rights deal was in 2016 for nine years at $24 billion. 
Uh, and that one was an increase of their 20, 2007 agreement of about, you know, 180%. So if you kind of think of it that way, this is on par with that sort of growth. And, you know, look, sports is kind of the only thing on live television right now that people are, are it's appointment viewing and this, the ratings are still somewhat stable and the ratings are actually up this season compared to the last season. So yeah, that's, that's a positive. One of the, one of the things I think that they have going to uniquely is um, what they can do with um, Chinese companies to stream games like Tencent. Um, it looks like they have $1.5 billion streaming deal with Tencent basketball and the NBA specifically is, is huge in China. So um, whereas the NFL doesn't really travel the same way, uh, NBA does. And if they can kind of capitalize on that market there, um, that could be a way for them to really play catch up and, and make sure that they get to that 75 billion that they're looking for. Um, these deals always seem to be in a 10 to 12 year range. Um, do you think that we see companies look to make shorter deals in the future, um, I mean, I guess it, it, if you're the NBA, you know, you like that constant stream of income, but, you know, with how viewership is changing, being able to kind of coerce and, and massage the deal into, to better suit you if you're an ESPN or a Turner Sports, I mean, obviously, you know, it probably is going to be on ESPN Plus and things like that already, but... I can see maybe we've, I've seen we've seen players go for shorter deals in the NBA. Do you think the streaming content uh, follows suit? I think for for local stuff, right? So if we think about like what Amazon's doing with the Yankees, yes. But for some of these national platforms, there's just so much that goes into it, and you know, you need to have the infrastructure, and that's why these deals a takes so long to come up with to begin with they have to do the fact checking hey can we trust that you know xyz broadcaster will be around in 10 years and do they do we think that they're able to adapt and in these contracts they have you know other things built into it so the league or whatever property has flexibility to pivot and say like hey you know we still have the rights to do you know some sort of virtual reality streaming execution with any partner we see fit, we could potentially work with one of you as the broadcasters, but we want to give ourselves that flexibility if some new technology comes and we need to pivot and offer that to consumers yeah. or just to test out and, and, you know, showcase our innovation. Yeah. I have to believe that, you know, the amount of work it, it takes to put together $75 billion <laughs> over, you know, 10 years is got a lot that touches a lot of hands and you got to make sure that everything is perfect there. So, uh, I I don't want to be in that room, but I would wouldn't mind being on the receiving end of that that much <laughs> money. Um. All right. Well, let's uh let's continue to move on. We uh we reported last week that um there was quite the discrepancy in uh, equipment for the weight rooms. Well, the men's tournament had a weight room the women's tournament had a, a rack of dumbbells literally a single rack and what looked like 15 sanitized yoga mats um oregon uh player sedona pierce she put it on twitter and it, it quickly um became viral and and people were chiming in the ncaa made remarks that you know the area was small and they were planning to build out the gym as teams were eliminated as more space was available. Um, players and, and coaches retorted showing the space that there was plenty of space for a gym. 
NCAA just seemed to drop the ball. Um, to to kind of rectify the situation, Dick Sporting Good got a bunch of fitness equipment and sent it over. Uh, Orange Fit Orange Theory Fitness did the same, as well as Tonal sending ten Tonal Smart Gyms uh, that went the next day to San Antonio where they're where they're having their tournament. So, um, is this does these companies sending these products? Obviously, they're good looks for the company. And they're kind of filling in where the NCAA dropped the ball here. But does this let the NCAA off the hook a little bit? I mean, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that, right? Because it was still caught to everyone's attention. I think, you know, it was really smart and, you know, strategic move by these brands saying, hey, this isn't right. You know, people want brands that stand for something and they stand for, you know, equal access, um, you know and supporting of women's sports. So good on Dick Sporting Goods, Orange Theory and Tonal. Um, it was a quick and easy move, especially, you know, for the brands like Orange Theory and, and Tonal where it's like Orange Theory just opened up the doors locally and, and Tonal got them the things shipped out. Dick Sporting Goods, I know that took a lot of manpower just to get all the equipment there. Um, in the end, these, these guys are the heroes. They did right by, you know, the women and, and the, what the public wanted. Um, but people are still shaking their heads at the NCAA. I don't think people are going to forget that they've messed up. Yeah, and I, and I don't want to say that as like a way to kind of slight what they're doing. Obviously, they did the right thing. This is a great look for their brands. Um, you know, Tonal is, is coming into the space and with this kind of all-in-one gym that's a mirror that's kind of hanging on your wall and, and is not taking up much space. So when you think of that aspect and the NCAA's response – that's great for their brand and that the fact that they sent them is amazing. Um, and, you know, Orange Theory and, and Dick Sporting Good did a great job too. Dick Sporting Good being one of these big box retailers that have we've seen struggle over the past decade. Um, I remember Sports Authority. It was something before that. But those stores are no longer with us. So uh, you got to find ways to make sure that you're drawing business. And, again, it's another good look for them. Um I, again, I, I only say it because I think that we're so used to controversy that something comes up and then, you know, people seem to forget. So hopefully that the NCA is still uh, held accountable for this and, you know, they have some, they have to right their wrongs some way or another. I don't know what the best solution for that is. Um, I just hope people don't forget about it because now that women got, you know, a nice, a gr pretty cool gym set up and the ability to go to orange theory as well. So good, good on those yeah. brands. Um, again, NCAA dropping the ball and, and hopefully they continue to put pressure on the NCAA moving forward. Yeah. And if you look on social, I don't think people forget, um, especially the irony of it all that it was all happening during women's history month. Yeah. You know, NCAA, NCAA really just <laughs> hit the nail on the head with that one. Just perfect timing. Right. Um, that's a joke. <laughs> um, but again, you, we, we, this is to be expected with the NCA. It's again, showing that they don't care. Um, and all they really worry about is their money. And once they make it, they're fine. And the players health and safety doesn't really matter. And as well as, um, and that's even further highlighted when it comes to women's sports. So hopefully they, they do better moving forward. Um, otherwise, you know, hopefully something can come along and kind of replace them. I think that that's they've they've let the door open for a company to come in, another nonprofit, 
um, to really run college sports in a more professional way, in a way that respects all of the athletes. Um, and so I think it's just obviously there being a billion dollar industry, it's very difficult to uproot them, but I think it's going to come soon and, and it can't come soon enough, really, if you think about it. So um, the NBA, on the other hand, is is doing things right. And on Wednesday, March 24th, the Toronto Raptors played the Denver Nuggets in Tampa Bay. <laughs> and they had an all-female broadcast team, uh, which was the first time that had been done. Um, again, it was you had production to play-by-play. Everybody involved um, from the halftime show to the actual game uh, were women, which is really cool to see. Um, there's no reason why we can't have more of this. We've seen women start to break into the space. Doris Burke has been there forever. Um, Candace Parker has been on the TNT set with, with Shaq and D-Wade when they do their players-only nights. Um, so it was good to see that they were doing that. The color comp- excuse me, the courtside reporting uh, was done by... Um, Kayla Gray and Kate Bernice. I hope I said that correctly. And then uh, the color commentator was Kia Nurse, who plays for the Phoenix Mercury. So again, using using the WNBA players is is a great way to I think kind of integrate the WNBA and NBA a little more, and also draw fans to the to the WNBA. Yeah, no, I think it's a great way to extend and expand the audience, right? You know, you also want to just offer people something different sometimes. Um, and, you know, going back to who does it right, we talked about them a few times today, but Amazon with their Thursday Night Football uh, package, right, you can pick who the commentators are. Mm-hmm. So there are options where it's, you know, the all-female team, and some people pick that, right? And that's what their preference is. You've got to give people the options. You're competing with so much these days. You want to make sure you're 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 drawing in the, the greatest audience you possibly can. Yeah, Um and uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see, too, if this is a viable option for women, especially the WNBA players. I know that they have to go overseas um, to get a better salary than what they're getting in the WNBA. Obviously, the new CBA is going into effect, and so they're going to start to get um, better pay. But, you know, if they can do this in their off season, I think this is great. And the, they'll have plenty of women that you can spread out across the various teams. Um, and so it's just another way for them to have income for those that don't want to go to Europe and Asia to, to play. Um, I know Brianna Stewart, she was over overseas when she tore her Achilles a couple years back. So, um, again, it, it hopefully can give them a true offseason and, and just be another outlet for them to, to work. And they've been so good with um, the social justice things that they're doing, and I think they can find unique ways to kind of bring that to the NBA game and kind of push some of the NBA players to – kind of match their their output of what they were able to do this past season and what they've kind of always been and stood for. But, um, so yes, congratulations uh, to the women involved. Uh, tip your hat to the NBA for doing that. We're starting to see this across sports. I believe they had an all-female uh, refing crew for an NFL game this past season as well. So we're starting to see that integration of women moving across sports. So... Hopefully it continues and picks up the pace at which it's uh which we're seeing it. Um, we have some naming rights deals that are are getting close. Uh, in New Orleans, the Mercedes-Benz Arena, 
will is looking like it will change to uh, the Caesars Palace with a two hundred million dollar deal. Um, what do you think this means with Caesars being so prominent, especially in Las Vegas, um, and what this deal could bring with the Saints? Yeah, no, I think it's it's exciting, right? This is the first betting sponsorship of of this of this kind, right? In terms of naming rights. Uh, you know, they're Orient NFL partner. They own Harrah's. Harrah's, there's a big Harrah's casino in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this kind of just blends everything together for them and gives them that that staple. Um, and on top of it, the NFL just approved betting lounges of some sorts in NFL stadiums. I believe there's certain, you know, specifications where it can't be visible from on TV, but just think about what they can build out in the stadium and then use that to draw people back to Harris, you know, just a few blocks away. Yeah. It's, it's pretty interesting. And, you know, we're looking at what the, the future of sports looks like. Yeah. I think this is big for when you think of sports betting coming, you know, in the near future at, at this point, it's just a matter of when it's going to happen, not if it will happen. So um, being able to jump in, in in July with the naming rights deal, I think allows them to really get uh, a jump on, figuring out what sports betting is going to look like in this stadium and, and how that could look uh, across other NFL and, and other NFL stadiums and, and stadiums across other sports as well. So um, I think it's important to, to kind of keep your eye on this and, and see what that looks like. Um, but this is definitely a big move. And, and I think it's also saying that this is the final, if you didn't believe betting was coming, now you should believe because once Caesar gets involved, it's just really going to be a domino effect. And I think we're going to see more of that uh, in the future. Maybe not stadium deals, but you're going to see more people partnering with various casinos to integrate it in their stadiums and arenas. Oh, definitely. You know, and you're seeing it in certain areas, right? Like I think Bet Rivers has a, a build out and a, a betting lounge at PPG uh, Arena where the Penguins are. Uh, DraftKings had a build out in Wrigleyville, and uh, there are a few other ones out there. Um, it's it's pretty interesting to see everything kind of come together. Yeah, it's really happened fairly quickly. Um, you know, it seemed like if you go back five years, six years, you know, this was a still a well, I don't know if force betting is going to be a thing, and, and you worry about you know, your Pete Rose stories that you have out there, but it's good to see that they're finally coming around to. And I think there's just so much money to be made that it's, it's, it's going to be crazy to see some of the things that they can do in these stadiums to make a really cool experience for fans, especially those that are kind of more casual that might not be super into the game, but this is another aspect that you could bring to see if fans are interested in, in other ways to make sure that they're having a good time at the, at your arena and at your stadium and make sure that they want to come back. Definitely. And, you know, like you said, it, it's it's just the start. In October 2020, Americans legally bet an estimated $3 billion on sports. That was in a single month. You know, yeah. and the revenues are up year over year. All of these states are, are sort of slowly coming back on. It's been legalized in 20 states. Another six states have a bill that they're looking to pass on the matter. It's an additional revenue source for the states, and the states need the money. So, you know, they can control it and it can be regulated. Why not do it? I mean, you're seeing it literally in D.C. with that Capital One Arena where they built out the first one with the, the William Hill Sportsbook. Yeah, it's coming for sure. Uh, Miami Heat uh, are going to no longer play at American Airlines Arena. American Airlines announced that they would not be renewing their partnership. It's still the American Airlines Arena 
for the time being, um, pending final approval from the county, it's going to soon be called the FTX Arena, which is a cryptocurrency exchange. Again, a first in the space for the naming rights deal. Um, this one is really interesting. Again, you know, we kind of knew that sports betting is coming and it's on the horizon. How, you know, this cryptocurrency looks in the space, I think it's still very unknown because the cryptocurrency is just very new to a lot of people. I mean, we mentioned last week with the A's doing the one Bitcoin for an arena, but what does a single game ticket look like if you could use cryptocurrency? Can you buy things in stadium like jerseys and things with cryptocurrency? So what that looks like, I th think, is still very much um, uncertain. And uh, it'll be interesting. It looks like it's going to be a $90 million deal over 19 years. And um, again, this is this seems to be a testing ground for what cryptocurrency can be and, and what that looks like in stadium. Um, and the heat of the first to kind of jump into the party. Yeah, it'll be pretty interesting, right? I mean, you know, look, if you're a, a cryptocurrency exchange, you want people to, to join your exchange. That's the whole reason you're doing this to gain gain press and have people consume it. So you have to figure out ways for them to use it in the venue. And if you can't do that, well, then it kind of begs the question, why are you doing this deal? So I think they're going to figure it out, you know, so it looks like it's 135 over 19 years and the county gets 90, 90 million. Um, it's great for them. They kind of led the, the negotiations. Then obviously part of it will go directly to the heat. That's a $7 million average annual value. That's a $5 million annual increase that the count that the, they're going to get based off of their old deal. Um, Again, pretty interesting. Uh, we're seeing more of these, you know, crypto space deals happening. The Montreal Canadiens, I believe, did a deal with Crypto.com, and they're in the ice um, for for the this season. So, you know, it you got to figure out a way to just make it be used in stadium. But you know, crypto is the future. It's happening. You got to get on board. <laughs> when when you look at it from a marketing perspective, what do you think the Heat need to do to disassociate themselves from being American Airlines Arena? Um, that's the only naming rights that they've had since 1999. So as a Miami Heat fan, it's American Airlines Arena. How do you break that? Is it just a, this is going to happen regardless over time and people just kind of get used to it? Or is this? Yeah, a, yeah I know. think the studies show that it typically takes two to three years for people to adopt it into their lexicon, right? Like old habits die hard. So people will, will still call it a certain name. And sometimes people don't even realize that you know, some of these stadiums are named after companies. I know mm -hmm. here in uh, Seattle, people didn't realize Safeco was a company. And at, at the time that, you know, Safeco went away and T-Mobile came in, Safeco didn't exist technically as a company anymore. It was yeah. a, a sub-branded after, after it had been acquired. Um, but it'll take a few years. I believe American Airlines is still a partner. So they're not yeah, going they away and, and they can kind of, you know, still maintain and, and that halo effect. They're, they're taking um, the the airplane off the top though yeah yeah i mean it, it it i think it's still a hub for them so it's still a big market still a big team sure. they're just you know maneuvering things accordingly yeah i think you know as the faster you get crypto into the building i think the easier than it becomes too like i have to believe there's some positive association if i go in and and i win some you know i win a fraction of a bitcoin at a game or something like that now I really like FTX Arena or whatever it's going to be called. So, you know, it, it's a little easier to remember once that happens. 
Oh, that would be awesome, right? You know how like certain places they do the 50-50 raffle? Yeah. If you could do that with crypto, oh my God, that would be so cool. We might be we might have to charge for some of this. <laughs> this is this is good <laughs> stuff. I think the heat are listening too. If I if I I'll check the check the data, but I think the heat the heat listen to us. Um also with the with the heat, they are announcing that they are gonna have two sections, sections one seventeen and one eighteen. Uh, where pods of seats will be separated by one seat, and these two sections in the lower level will be for fully vaccinated fans starting April 1st. So these are vaccine-verified wristbands that will be given. If you're in a group, uh, your group has to arrive together, and everyone in the group has to be vaccinated. Um, this kind of seems like a low... Uh, reasonable next step into getting back to full arenas um they also known for having the COVID 19 detection dogs which is which is interesting but um yeah i mean it makes it makes sense once you're vaccinated you know you can come into the arena and i think that we'll see that section be um a trial and then they'll kind of slowly increase that from two to to six and then to 12 and then you know next thing you know you're going to need a vaccine maybe for the playoffs um, to get into a playoff game. So, Yeah, I think you hit it on there. It's going to continue to expand and grow. And, you know, this is a you know subtle way of encouraging the masses to kind of get vaccinated. Um, you know, I feel like on the select teams, we'll do this on the team level for the next few months. And then as we get towards the summer, you'll see it roll out a little bit more. But I think a lot of the marquee events, right? So probably... You know, the MLB All-Star Game, NFL Draft, you got to think they're going to do some sort of designated sections for, for vaccinated people. Um, you know, the NFL did it for the Super Bowl, right? So why wouldn't these guys do it for, for these other events? Yeah, I think that they really want to make sure that they uh, they get fans in for the playoffs. That's, you know, extra revenue for them already. But if you can get those ticket sales back and you can make people feel comfortable in stadium – that's going to, one, either it's going to encourage people to go get vaccinated so that they can go to the game if they really want to go that badly. Um, and two, even if, you know, someone's vaccinated, but they're still a little worried about what it's going to look like and, and, and gathering with that many people, if you can do it for a playoff run um, for those teams that they get to have a nice long run and people get to see what it looks like and, you know, have any outbreaks and things like that, I think it renews confidence for the next season. Um, when they get ready to come back again. So I think there's only benefits um, to having this, and I think they're on the right track. And uh, to point out this, the vaccinated fans still have to wear masks, so I do like that they're they're keeping that mask policy. Uh, Florida has been one of the more lax places when it comes to mask mandates, so I'm glad that the Heat are, are being responsible um, and trying to trust the science a little bit and, and make sure that everyone in the building is safe. So are you excited, you know, now that you, you're you're nearly fully vaccinated, can you go back to the Coliseum? You know, I know they've had some issues in the past with like sewage plumbing, uh, backing up and going into some of the locker rooms, but now you're covered. I, I have, yeah, I didn't get the sewage vaccine yet. Um, I, I haven't have any plans to, to go to the Coliseum. Uh, I don't have a Bitcoin to spend on a suite, but um, I know the Warriors at Chase Center have, have talked about getting rapid testing and making sure that that building is super safe. And in theory, the the safest place that you could be 
um, during the pandemic because you know everybody in there has been tested and, and nobody has tested positive. So um, I wouldn't mind being able to, to get back to a Warriors game um, for the Heat if you're listening and you want us to come out and, and test out the section for you. You know, I wouldn't mind going down to Miami to catch a game um, and see my guy Jimmy Butler. So um, I think it'll be interesting. Hopefully we'll see more teams kind of do this across other sports if you can do it in a safe way. Again, I think baseball and football have a natural advantage being outdoors. Um, would you just have more airflow in there, um, which makes it a little less risky? Um, but you know, the NBA's got to find ways to get people back in business again. They're 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 about their revenue. They want that those ticket sales and concessions and things like that. Um, one thing that they didn't mention is how those fans are going to be able to move throughout the stadium. Obviously. You know, if you're in two sections, uh, are they going to be able to order concessions from other areas of the arena and have it brought to them? Or are they going to be stuck with whatever's in 117, 118? And I say stuck with, I've never been to this arena, so it could be the best food is in 17, 18. I don't know, but I wonder how that'll work. Yeah, I mean, they also have a nightclub set up in one of their suites they've got a high lounge similar to what they have in vegas so curious how that's how that's working right now <laughs> uh, uh, hopefully it's a uh, it's been revamping to to open soon but you know that sounds like a good time that's a good idea actually a, a, a stadium that had like a a separate section that can be closed off to the rest of the stadium that has a nightclub especially in Miami, I think makes a ton of sense. You go to a oh, game, yeah. heat win. All right, let's just go to the club section of it, and then you enjoy the rest of your night on the water and Biscayne Boulevard, and you just have yourself a good time. Sounds like a plan to me. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what they do in Vegas. After a Golden Knights win, people go up to High Lounge afterwards and, uh, you know, hang out. I. See now that one I can get behind. I gotta check that out. That sounds like a good, that sounds like it could be dope. The problem with that that lounge is though that lounge has to be unbelievably cool to be like, eh, you know what? We could also just walk five minutes and we have we're on the entire Vegas Strip. Yeah, it does face a little bit of competition, but it it's pretty nice. Now, how is it facing? I actually uh got a text from a, a promoter. Uh, I want to say yesterday. Yeah, and I'm saying that, uh, you know, just to let you know what Republic at uh, at Omnia is, is coming back. So get, get, get text now to get the best rates. I was like, yeah, yeah, good. Maybe maybe after uh, March when everybody's everybody's uh, nice and vaccinated. All right. Anything else that uh, that's pressing? Is did you fill out a bracket? Is it is it busted? Is it are you perfect still? Uh, I mean, I think everyone's bracket's pretty much busted right now. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's Gonzaga's to lose. Um, I think it'll be interesting. Maybe Oral Roberts, you know, continues the magical run. Yeah, they they've been crazy. I'm I'm rooting for them for sure. Um, the Pac-12 has also had a, a really strong showing, so that's good. They've kind of been the one of the laughing stocks as they've been poor in both football, excuse me, and basketball over the, over the past couple of years. So it's good to see them going. I think, excuse me, good to see them going 
going strong. I think Colorado is the only loss for the Pac-12. And outside of uh, outside of Oregon and USC playing, you have a chance for three teams to make it to the Final Four. So, you know, that'd be good. It would, it would be nice to see Oregon go, right? It would be really nice to see Oregon go. Um, I'm rooting for them. They they played really well against Iowa. I didn't I didn't think that they were gonna have an answer for Luca Garza. Uh, they didn't. He dropped. 30 something on them, but you know, they just kind of shut everybody else down and they actually looked really good in that game. Uh, I would feel more confident if USC didn't just dump truck Kansas like that. So that, that should be a good game. Um, you know, hopefully the ducks can pull it out, but again, they would have to play Gonzaga after that. And Gonzaga looks really good. Um, it's going to be tough to beat them, but you know, if, the Ducks can continue to shoot like they did against Iowa. They have a chance to beat anybody. Um, well, I'll ask you this. Um, the games are being played on Saturday and Sunday this week. So the Ducks don't play until um, until Sunday. And I'm just curious as to why they would say, you know what, we, ha- we have them in this bubble Let's continue to stretch this out so we can make sure that the Final Four is still in April. I feel like they could have played through the week or at least gone Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where you play every other day getting to the championship. You know what I'm saying? Like that, I feel like that makes more sense. But only playing Saturday and Sunday, if, you know, that one, I'm just like a little Yeah, a little confused. I mean, I think- you know, to pull this off, there's a lot of logistics involved. They had to secure a lot of, you know, hotel rooms, event spaces, you know, GMs. I think it's also partially, right, these guys just played Monday, Tuesday. They want to give them enough time to rest. And, you know, they're student athletes, so they still have class. And I think it's a tough ask and a bad look if, you know, you're, you're really emphasizing the student athlete portion, but you're having them spend four days in one week technically playing games. Um, if it's two days a week over a few weeks, that's much easier sell, right? Maybe. I mean, they played four days in round one. They'll play two days for the Sweet 16 and then two days for the Elite Eight. I mean, I guess not that many teams are still going to be there. Um, but I, I, I think that when you when you think about logistically and you have to get all this space for 64 teams – it then logistically makes sense to try to condense it so that you're getting them out and you're playing this tournament in like two weeks versus, you know, a month or three weeks. But that's, I mean, I I understand both again. Yeah. They are student athletes. They like to conveniently say that, (laughs) but, uh, you know, it's just an interesting year. Um, and I think I'm specifically talking just this year and then, you know, hopefully next year it'll be a little bit more normal. But we'll see. You never know. Let's go Ducks. Let's go Ducks. Uh, so I got, okay, I'll say Gonzaga, Oregon, Michigan, UCLA, Syracuse. Oh, I want to go Oregon State, but I'm going to go Loyola Chicago. Oral Roberts, Baylor. They all make it. And then we have a week to decide who wins next week so we can tune back in. I like it. But now it's on wax, so 
the world will know our predictions. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get out of here. Appreciate it. Um, thank you for listening. Um, if you want to call in and, and, and have us play a clip, we'll definitely play it. Uh, we appreciate everyone who listens. We appreciate all the feedback. And we will see you next week.